Welcome to our podcast, History Behind the Scenes. This is episode number two, the history of automobiles behind the wheel. My name is Michael Spencer, and with me today... Jacob Davis. We uh, didn't really talk about ourselves or fully introduce ourselves in the last episode, but we're going to start off today's episode by taking some time to do that. So, Davis, uh, who are we? Uh, We are both college students who go to the same college and are majoring in the same degree, which is communications. Um, Both of us like to drink coffee. We do. If you listen to the last episode, which if you haven't, you should check that out. Um, We actually talked about coffee and how coffee came to be. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff, actually. Um, Yeah, we are college students, and we're in, where are we? We are in California, in a little podcast studio right now, recording this. And uh, let's see, that's who we are, where we are. Anything else interesting about us? When we are. When. The current when. year is 2022. It is 2022. And, yeah, so much is happening this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Michael, do you have a car? I, I do. I have a car. Her name is Lola. She's a little uh, Honda CRV, But she is back in Washington, where I, I hail from. Yeah, so next, next year, hopefully, I'll be able to bring her down and, and drive her around. It's my little adventure mobile. That's um, nice. Yeah, so the topic today is cars. That's kind of what we're going to be talking about and exploring the history of how they came to be. Uh, but before we can really explore their origin, we need to figure out what is an automobile. What is an automobile, Davis? Well, I think that most of us obviously think of an automobile as a car, which is correct. I, that's what I think of, yeah. A Except car. trucks can also be considered automobiles. Yes, yes. Because an automobile is usually a four-wheeled, self-propelled vehicle designed for passengers. Four-wheeled, self-propelled, designed for passengers. Okay? That's a, that is the, the basic y- definition. Usually four-wheeled. Usually four-wheeled. There are going to be some minor exceptions, but that's the definition we're rolling with. Okay? It's self-propelled, it's a vehicle, and it's meant for passengers. So with that in mind, a train is actually not a car or an automobile. It would be considered a locomotive. Um, it has way more than four wheels. So that's, it, that's a big and issue. And it rolls on tracks, and it rolls a fixed path. On a fixed path, yes. Um, automobiles allow more of a free range. Would you agree with that, Davis? I would agree with that. Yeah. With that in mind, let's look at how transportation first started and how it eventually got to the automobile. Let's go back to a very long time ago when people didn't really know like how to get around. What did they do, Davis? They walked. That is 100% correct. We're looking at the origin of transportation, looking at the previous methods of how people got around, and we're gonna begin with creation when people just got around by foot. And then, after a while, people are walking, people are talking, people are exploring, but they can't go super far because it's so far away. And then in 4000 BC to 3000 BC, we see the introduction of donkeys and camels. Not to say that camels and donkeys showed up at this time, but people began to realize, like, hey, look at that four-legged creature. I can hop on that thing and not use my own legs and just let that thing use its legs for me. You know you know another four-legged creature? Uh, I could think of a few. Uh, cows. Cows. Yeah. That, have you ever thought about that, riding a cow? I, To be honest, yes, I have. Uh, I mean, there's obviously bull riding, but, like, right. a regular... Yeah, so milk that, cow. This is actually really important. Um, this is a really important concept. So why why donkeys and camels, uh, and, and also horses? Horses, horses yeah. did show up. Yeah. So why why like animals like that and not per se a cow? Well, I think about like 
today when you're choosing a car or an automobile, thinking about fuel efficiency, yeah, um, cows are kind of big and slow, and they like to eat a lot of grass. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like a chiller animal. But we have camels here, super fuel efficient. They, they don't need very much water, and they actually store it up so that they can go super long distances without having to eat or drink. So think about that. You're walking around, and you want to get somewhere, and you, you want your, your vehicle, your mode of transportation, to be reliable and consistent, and you want it to go the distance. So I think that's why camels and donkeys really, like, took off. That's my theory. Very true. Not to mention, if I were to see a camel and be like, dang, I don't want to walk, I want that thing to walk, you better believe I'm hopping on that camel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have these animals that people are riding, right? Um, well, it's not just that. In 3500 BC, we have the introduction of the wheel. And this happened in Mesopotamia. And with that introduction, we have things like uh, carts and carriages and wagons, the ability to realize like, hey, not only can we use something other than our own legs, we can actually use momentum and physics and this wheel to help things just go smoothly and, and faster and just, just better. So we're slowly making things more efficient, more effective. It's not till way later, 1478, where we see kind of the first, the first idea, the, the thought, the light bulb moment of a self-propelled car, per se. And that comes in with Leonardo da Vinci and his uh, sketch of a self-propelled car. It doesn't totally fit our definition of an automobile because there was no intention for this to carry passengers. It was more of a like, hey, look how cool this is kind of invention, and it was never actually invented. But the idea behind it did have wheels, and it kind of looked like a hot dog cart minus the umbrella, and it was gonna allow itself to like move along on its own. And that's the, that's the important thing that we're kind of looking at here. Now, later on, later on we have 1765, the Industrial Revolution. This is when uh, Europe and America are just going off with like factories and, and buildings and cities and all this stuff. And with that comes a lot of production and the need to transport goods and materials across the continents and countries and, and all that stuff. So that's where we have things like the train. And at this point in time, transportation is a huge deal. It's vital. And in 1769, Nicholas Joseph Kuknot builds the first automotive vehicle in the form of a tractor. Now this, this tractor went three miles per hour and it was used in the French army and it only had three wheels, but we see that, okay, we're getting closer, we're getting closer to what we now call a car. This guy also became the first person to get in an automobile accident, um, which I think makes sense because not only is he probably gonna be the first one like testing them out and trying to experiment and build this thing and it's probably not gonna work out the first time, He's also more likely to be in a you know vehicle if he's the one who invented them. So that's that's pretty logical, I'd say. Uh, the important thing that we're seeing right now, though, is that people realize they could get around more efficiently, and there's lots of ways to do this. And then in 1886, Carl Benz, we we see him create the first true automobile, and this one was powered by gasoline, with uh, developments in the engine, and he patented this, and so this is. Kind of officially the the first car really and then around a similar time frame for henry ford builds his first automobile the model a and then interestingly in 1899 we see the first hybrid car by ferdinand porsche tell me uh what what is 
because I'm curious, what is a hybrid car? Well, a hybrid car is a vehicle that operates on two power sources. So Ferdinand's car had two gasoline engines that would power an electric generator, which would in turn produce electricity to power the front two wheels. After developing his hybrid a bit further and taking the gas engines down to one, his car managed to stay in production until 1915. However, due to its high price, not many were sold, and the idea of hybrid cars kind of fell flat. But we'll see the resurgence of them a little bit later. And then in 1908, the Model T is introduced, Henry Ford's famous car, which really got things moving for him. And he wanted it to be able to be bought by the average man because cars were really expensive before. But in 1913, Henry Ford came up with an assembly line which boosted the production of his Model T. And that allowed more cars to be produced, allowing for a cheaper price. So basically, originally with like the first cars, you know, and first transportation, it's for goods and, and all that stuff. But then we're starting to see something that's more practical. It's being made for, for people, for an everyday man, just an average person, to be able to have a, a source of transportation. Yeah. Another interesting thing that happened around this time, uh, during Prohibition actually, cars were use, being used as transportation, like you said, to transport booze. And some cars were upgraded to accommodate for it and also to outrun the police. Yeah. And when the drivers weren't transporting booze, they were racing each other which is fun. Very, the, the <laughs> adrenaline has got to be pretty high. You're yeah. Running from cops. Get some extra practice in, <laughs> yeah. in the off hours. And after Prohibition, they were stuck with upgraded cars, but they still continued to take part in these races. And then eventually in 1947, a bunch of the drivers, uh, former booze drivers, got together and created some formal racing, formal racing rules. And out of that came the creation of the National Association for stock car auto racing, or as many of us know it as NASCAR. I love I love this I love this story so much because we see something kind of fun that like okay and illegal because <laughs> they're transporting booze during prohibition. Right. Okay, yes, illegal. But what I like is that we see okay like why are cars fast if they're just made for transportation? Like what caused them to be like you know sporty and, and racy? And what was going on there? Well, we see the source is alcohol and trying to take a vehicle that was typically just for transportation and now making it a tool to actually evade the cops. Um, and now we, have, we, now we have races all the time. So Yeah. Following this, uh, in World War II, uh, we see production towards cars shift towards war materials. And there wasn't really any major developments towards the automobile because American automotive companies started producing vehicles for the war effort instead of, instead of actual cars for the public, such as tanks, trucks, jeeps. Jeeps, which were created in 1940, were actually the first four-wheel drive car, and then also planes. Wow, so we see a change in, in production. Um, one, one kind of, uh, what would you call it, upgrade? Yeah, one upgrade that we do see around this time is when Ralph Teeter invents cruise control, and he's actually a blind uh, engineer um, and the reason for this was that during the war we they needed to kind of with war rations and everything they had to save gas and in order to do that they uh, changed the speed limit to 35 miles per hour and instead of like expecting everyone to just like you know responsibly keep that they figured out how to make it so that cars could be exactly at 35 miles per hour and, and stay at that and make it just easier for everyone 
Yeah, and then following World War II in 1956, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the Federal Aid Highway Act into law, which basically authorized the building of over 41,000 miles of interstate highways. Ooh. This interest from President Eisenhower came from his time in Europe during World War II as a U.S. general, where he had observed and was impressed with the German's Autobahn system. Wow. Yeah. Um, 1962, we got things like seatbelts, so people are starting to maybe think about safety. Um, and then in 1960, we see the rise of sport cars, such as the Ford Mustang and Chevrolet Camaro. You can probably thank the prohibition for that thought as well. Faster cars. Yeah. Uh, and then in 1970, the Volkswagen Beetle is one of the leading imports um, in America. So we got lots of those little bugs driving around, and uh, yeah, pretty fun. However, we do have a bit of a switch up here. Before 1970, there was an abundance of gas, and that led to the creation of faster engines and better cars. But then in 1973, uh, everything takes a turn, and there was a huge gasoline shortage instead. And this caused car manufacturers to start looking for ways to make cars more fuel efficient. One specific way this was done was by making the car lighter. In addition to this, during the Arab-Israeli War, members of OPEC started an oil embargo against the United States, which resulted in much higher gasoline and car prices. And thus, auto production in the U.S. decreased by 24%. Then in 1996, we see the reintroduction of hybrid cars and they were increasing in popularity due to these rising gas prices. And so in 1997, the first Toyota Prius was sold in Japan, and then in the year 2000, it was introduced to the United States. And now, today, it's 2022. We, we know a lot about you know, cars in the general sense that we drive them everywhere. Uh, they are kind of a very strong leading force in our society. Like, you want to go grocery shopping, you want to spend a day just like out and about. Before, it would take days to travel somewhere. And now we live in a, a culture where you can span 100 miles in a, in a single day. Um, we're seeing more and more hybrid cars on the road due to the absurdly high gas prices. And if you're in California like us, you, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yep, up to $5 and like... 30 cents, probably even a little bit more now. That's literally insane, and that's why Lola, that's why my, my CRV is not here with me yet. We're, we're holding off as long as we can. Um, we also have the rise of Tesla, which has their fully electric cars, providing an alternative to gasoline-powered cars. And all in all, we're just seeing you know slow advancements. I think cars continue to try to get new styles, look sleeker or, or cooler or sportier. Do you have any thoughts on that, Davis? Yeah, I think, like... They're trying to accommodate for safety and then fuel efficiency for sure. And so the styles have definitely changed throughout the years. Um, you can definitely see style changes in sports cars for sure. Like the Mustang that came out in the 60s is way different than it is now. And some might say that the sports cars nowadays look a bit more ugly compared mm. to sports cars mm. yeah. in the past. Yeah, but overall... Um, cars have definitely shaped our society. We definitely see how the styles have changed and, and people are going to like some styles more than others. People are going to geek out about cars and other people are just going to drive them and be like, yeah, it gets me to from point A to point B. Um, there's a lot you can learn about cars, but overall, what's our conclusion here? They, they are a really significant... Our daily drivers. <laughs> our daily drivers. Significant part of life that a lot of people don't really think about. Um, 
it's about it's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's the history of automobiles. And that's how we got to where we are. Thank you for listening to the second episode, The History of Automobiles Behind the Wheel, of our podcast, History Behind the Scenes, with Jacob Davis and Michael Spencer. I hope you enjoyed it and look out for our next episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at History BTS Podcast for a heads up on when our next episode drops on our SoundCloud, History Behind the Scenes. Thanks, everybody.